1: And welcome to Get the Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and one of the Dadley boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, the Wednesday night war between AEW and NXT, pay per views. We have interviews or roundtable discussions like this one and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course. On WrestleCourt Chat. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick and Sir, we are gathered here. We are socially distanced here today to talk about fantasy booking Christian Cage in AEW. He was unveiled uh, at AEW Revolution last weekend, of course, Sid. Uh, first of all, let's go back there and, and your reaction to this announcement.
2: And this is a, an old, virtually consensus take, but since I share it and since you've asked, I will unleash it regardless. If they had just had Paul White on the go-home dynamite, say, with a wink to the camera, really looking forward to doing AEW Dark Elevation. And, you know, as a broadcaster, you live and die in these scoops. And I might have a little surprise for people this Sunday, so make sure you buy the pay-per-view wink. People will go, oh, what's that? They wouldn't go, oh, God, it's CM Punk. Obviously, some (laughs) people would. Obviously, some people would, but they wouldn't have been justified in thinking that because the implication would be, if you were halfway reasonable, if they were ever going to deliver a CM Punk or a Brock Lesnar character, they would A, shock the living shit out of the world and do it by surprise. Or, and this is where everything falls apart, they would build it up in the exact same way Paul White did on the Go Home (laughs) Show. Um, So there was obviously... Dissonance between expectation and delivery, which is so shocking because in reality, had they framed the messaging differently, this would have been elevated from a disappointment into a coup. Yeah. If they hadn't put the big, someone major is coming (laughs) verbiage slapped across it, people, the the narrative would have completely changed for the better. And that's over time, probably more effective than a one-off buy rate because mm. it already sold the show that was already was already totally heating up the idea was like the exploding barbed wires probably revealed itself to have been a big draw they could have mm. completely revamped the conversation and, and people went jesus christ that's an actual steal mm. he was in the final for the royal rumble the mutants couldn't realistically have ever said huh, WWE reject because those mutants themselves wanted him to sign for WWE and work a big match at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. It would have just been almost perfect had they not botched the um, expectation management. Obviously, that's all receded now. Um, It would have been probably a bigger conversation had it not been for the dud explosion. So now that we can reconcile who it actually is, we can start to get excited. Um, Again, just to... Before we get into the future, let's revisit the very recent past of our podcasts. There was a bit of a debate on the review about whether it was TNA level, um, how he was introduced, or how actually exciting this is, how big of a star, how great a worker Christian Cage is, particularly at 47, Um, whether it's one for... Hamflet said, and I halfway agree with him, that it's one for the roster as much as it is for Mm -hmm. the fans. Um, But I think, managed well enough, each party can get an enormous amount out of him. The idea is that it's seven years on the bench, he feels like, at this point, a lost opportunity. Um, And if they can realise his prime cut short and deliver some two or three years of great Christian Cage matches as an upper mid-card player... Then this can be a great addition. Um, he really is great, Christian, mm. in a very underrated way, which we'll get onto when we um, further establish the potential rivalries he can have and what exactly he's great at and how people can, um, how his younger peers can get a lot out of working with him. But for now, because I never really expected a punk or a Lesnar, I'm pretty much thrilled that he's here.
1: Exactly. I was the same on the stream on, on Sunday night. I saw the immediate backlash of like, oh, that's a bit disappointing. Or, oh, it's <laughs> Todd Grisham. It's Christian. Um, yeah. But I thought, that, like you say, it, it's an incredible get in terms of his recency with WWE. The fact that the mutants who were like, <laughs> Who do we cast off Christian? Great. They were the exact same people who are on January 31st. Were like, Oh, my God, Christian's back. That WWE is saved, so I, I don't think you're allowed to say stuff like that. And like you say, I was like, it's not completely AW's fault that people weren't just going to be seeing punk, you know, but like you say, they did, and and it kind of it, yeah, TK fan the flames a lot, obviously. And people were, you know, trying to work stuff out, and uh, it was just so, like you say, so frustrating because it was, you know, the actual excitement around Christian being in AEW was lost because it's not Brock Lesnar. It's not CM Punk or like you say, the the conversation generally uh, Sunday into Monday was the, the exploding Bob YM death match botch or whatever you want to call it, which has been subsequently, I think, handled really well on AEW Dynamite. But we haven't got time to talk about about that now. Um, So on Dynamite, he seemingly targeted Kenny Omega. Before we get to whether or not you think he should challenge for the world title, we're fantasy booking this at the end of the day. Who would you have him have his first match against? Or would you have him straight in first match for the world title? I don't know. What do you reckon?
2: Um, I wouldn't have him in with Omega first. No. At the end of the day, it's a younger audience they are going for. Mm. And I know that we've seen weird recent patterns where the younger audience unexpectedly are huge into legends. Like Legends Night and Hulk Hogan drew huge among 18 to 49 and like teenage males. But that wasn't necessarily the case on Wednesday when Christian's much-hyped debut failed to really materialize in the sort of strong rating mm. that AEW can pull at its best. It was like 200,000 down overall. Um, it wasn't necessarily a, gr- a glittering commendation of his popularity. But, you know, he's he pulled a rating for Raw last year. Maybe it was a South Park influenced aberration. Maybe there was just some residual disappointment at AEW's um, handling of the big stunt at the end gone totally awry. So, yeah, what I'm trying to drive at here is that even if he loses against Omega, if you situate him as just this guy who's been essentially iced and cryogenically frozen in his (laughs) first match back with Omega people still might think, well, who's this? Because it's a brand new wrestling audience. Like, Mm -hmm. people seem to misremember this, but it's not just a group of jaded 30-somethings who got fed up with WWE, decided to go to uh, ROH and New Japan, and then they followed the lot of them and Chris Jericho to AEW. There's a lot of young fans whose first taste of pro wrestling was sort of met in the early to mid-2010s. They won't have a clue who Christian is. In old-fashioned wrestling booking, I would just re-establish him against one or two names at least before they do the Omega match. At um, the very least, he needs a bit of fine-tuning. I know he's worked the Rumble, but he'll need a he'll need a run out before the Omega yeah. match. You'll need to get back in that ring because I mean, I obviously wouldn't have a clue. I'm a pasty, thirty-five-year-old who's not particularly athletic, really good at football can really wait a pass, Willborn. I can spot a pass. I can wait a pass. And I'm quite a tidy finisher. Unfortunately, I just never had the stamina uh, nor the drive, really, to make it in the big leagues. But I'm like a pasty 35-year-old with no chin. So I don't really have any idea how this goes. But ultimately, the, the wisdom is, and I'm not thick enough to not get it, is that ring rust is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing quite like getting back in the ring. You can... Train and train and train. You can put yourself, you can put your body through the ringer in terms of like the gym and all, all the rest of it. But they say, and I believe them, even though they're carnies, there's nothing quite like getting back in the ring to realize just how better shape cardio-wise I need to get into. So for pragmatic reasons and promotional reasons, I wouldn't hire him in there straight away with a mega. you can ask me who to go in there with? Yeah, but does AEW have a surplus of heels? Because Christian's going to be a baby face. It would be pointless turning him heel because he has that attendant, like quasi-legend status about him where you wouldn't really want to cheer him. The idea is that he can be a scalp well down the line for like an MJF. Basically, Christian can go 50-50 in about two years' time, and it'll be fine because he's Christian. But for now, he can't. He's apparently challenging for the title, and we get on that imminently... Mm -hmm. Oh, God. The biggest dream match I want to see Christian Cage do beyond the Omega one is Ricky Starks.
1: I was just thinking that, and then I was thinking, I don't know whether I want him to face Ricky Starks in his first match, because I'm worried everyone's going to be like, wow, look at Ricky Starks, because it's Ricky Sodding in Starks.
2: MGF as well. MGF versus Christian. Clearly, they are, in storylines, worlds apart at the moment, and you wouldn't want to put them together just for the sake of doing what would be like a really great match, in terms of like ring style, in terms of how clever they both are at really throughout the matches, articulating their win to win, will to win. Like Christian's really good at that. um So I, yeah, MGF down the line, like MGF going over Christian Cage on the ascent to the TNT or the world title is the mm. play for me. Yeah. yeah. Like in about a year's time, but not yet. Ricky Starks, uh he feels like, He's he's too high above that level, optics-wise, to lose to Christian, who's like 47. I'm really trying to think of someone who can absorb the loss. Do you know what came into my head?
1: I don't know whether this would work, but I'm trying to think of someone, basically, who can bump around for Christian, because you want to make him look great, obviously, in this first match. Not draw too much attention away from him, like I would suggest like a Ricky Starks would, or a... Maybe maybe Kip Sabian would be a good one. I don't know. But the name that immediately leapt into my head is just someone who you can lose and lose and lose and lose. It's Ryan Nemeth, of all
2: people. Yeah, I get it. Um, but at the same time, like Nemeth's there as someone who loses in five or six minutes. Mm-hmm. And I guess with Christian, you want to see that. But at the same time, for someone like Christian, whose offense is way more... I, in the counter, he's a fantastic defensive wrestler who yeah. can eat out so many different moves and build and build and build his matches to the point where he just looks like a guy who's constantly trying to win. I don't think a, a five-minute showcase of the Christian greatest hits against someone like Nemeth who exists to just take the greatest hits with like a mm. big, daft, painful expression on his face. <laughs> That's kind of not the wrestler Christian is because when you think about his greatest hits, obviously you know what signature moves are. You know he's got the drop kick and the spots. But the best thing about Christian is the space between moves and the best way to get and act like Christian Cage over our things in a 10 to 12-minute, not like a exhibition. Oh, here, yeah, look at all these great spots you can do. But I think the best way to endear or reintroduce Christian Cage to the audience is in a 12, 10 to 12-minute cracking TV match where you're Realise, hang on, he's like actually great at wrestling, not just doing the hits. And I'm looking through this roster, and in general, especially now that the Inner Circle have turned um, babyface, yeah. it's kind of like a deficit of mid-card heels. Spears? Max Caster. Max Caster, yeah. I was thinking you want a private party as
1: well, but then, I don't know, they're bumping around Mike hey,
2: is is here? Caster showed me a lot in his singles matches. That absolutely would not be... Um, a bad idea at all. It's Zayakasti would be my debut match. I've decided. There you go. It's that easy, TK, mate. You're welcome. It's that simple. Um... Absolutely. So I would debut him against him. The idea being that there's a decent amount of narrative ground they can cover there with Zayakasti, who's probably going to be playing the role of the guy who's younger fitter more explosive more cocky he can seem to get the better of christian christian's really good at getting people over as well so he can mm. sell that he can get him over in defeat and then he can use his he was like he had a veteran's mind christian like well before he was a veteran mm. so he can use that guile and cunning to reverse all of this like flashy stuff like that i think that would be a great introductory opponent
1: Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it, between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services. It is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions so stop wasting money on things you don't use cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com/wrestling that's rocketmoney.com/wrestling rocketmoney.com/wrestling let's get to the world title picture then uh he, well he went to hit uh, omega with the unprettier of course on dynamite eventually just held the title briefly for that image of him holding that AEW world title could he, should he challenge for the world title? And, and when would you have that go down if you think that should, go, should happen?
2: Right. Um, initial criticisms of his early presentation before we get into that, because it's a subject that you can debate for a long time. He's got a t-shirt and a catchphrase, and that's really only the only thing we know about this Christian Cage character in AEW so far. And he unzipped it and it said, Outwork everybody. So the idea is that if he's coming in immediately and this is not what's happened, right? And I'd like people to grasp this because it's going to get annoying if it doesn't. If he comes in and he feels like he's entitled enough to hold that AEW title to like visually hold it as if to convey, I've got a chance of winning this and I want to win it, then that doesn't really require much work. Mm. As we've said on on the review podcast, You couldn't call it an NXT move because it was welded onto a segment NXT couldn't produce to save the goddamn lives in terms of how (laughs) funny and layered and hilarious and everything it was. Um, But it was a bit of an NXT move and a bit of a TNA move in that the the imported Major League WWE star comes in, conveys the idea that he's worthy of and is aiming for gunning for the title without much of a storyline is a bit, hmm, but he didn't. He didn't. For all we know, before Kenny Omega introduced him, right, the idea was he was going to come out, say something that had nothing to do with Kenny Omega. Maybe the fact that Kenny Omega disrespected him, overlooked him as a legend via Don Callas's words, right? And then Christian Cage comes in and says, What are you playing at? That's my time. Like, I'm not going to shake your hand because I know what you're going to do. You're going to hit me. I'm going to try and hit you with the unprettier. All of that for me is absolutely fine because it doesn't quite convey the idea that there's a dissonance between the outwork, everybody, persona, if that's what it is, um, and then being entitled because those things do not marry together at all. No. Um, Tony Khan, as we can tell from the fact that he thought, he didn't want to piss people off. That's not the kind of promoter he is. He legitimately thought... Christian Cage is a big enough star and it gets to hype to that degree. Mm. And again, I will reserve judgment on whether he's worth that at 47 with the way that the global talent roster, much of which is excelling in AEW has sort of taken in ring quality all the way up since Christian retired in 2013. If they can realize how great he is in in the ring and he can keep up with, or add a new tweak on how great the standard is great. Promote the hell out of him like that. Um, I have no qualms whatsoever about a promoter promoting. Christian Cage is just on that precipice of, it doesn't insult my intelligence to purchase the idea that he can challenge for this title. I just think what I would like to see before he does it right is I would like him come out on Dynamite next tape and, and say, I wasn't going to challenge Kenny Omega. I wasn't going to do that at all. I would like to show some humility that aligns with the t-shirt yeah. and say something to the effect of, I, you know, I saw that title. And I thought I'm an ambitious guy. Um, that's why I held it up. But at the same time, I, I'm here to outwork everyone. And I know that a lot of work is required to challenge for that title. We have a win loss ranking system here. I'd love for them to go back to that. Yeah, very, very early I agree. And, back, and say something like, I'm here to outwork everyone my understanding is that there's a win-loss ranking system here. I'm going to win some matches, and then I'm going to challenge for that title. And um, that's what I was going to say before I was so rudely interrupted by Kenny Omega. So by doing that, you get the idea that Christian's actually way more humble than mm-hmm. the guy who feels entitled to the belt. Um, he's They've put the idea of Kenny Omega implicitly versus Christian Cage as a long-term thing, or at least a medium-term important thing worth building and looking forward to because he knows he has to win some matches first and then he goes and wins some matches and contends for the title Um that's the way i'd like to do it and I'm, i suspect they're going to do something similar because again the idea is christian didn't just come out kenny omega intruded on his time and we don't yet know what he was going to say so yes i do think he's AEW world title caliber provided he doesn't win it yeah, because the idea yeah. is this doesn't yet reek of tna and TNA stinks or stunk, even when it was good inexplicably, but that's TNA for you because <laughs> the idea was they oversold these WWE guys. And I've told you in the past, like one of the reasons why I hate the take of, oh God, it's just like TNA with the X wwe guys. No, it couldn't be any more different. If anything, in AEW, the XWwe wwe guys say, right, well, I can't lie. They know they messed me up. I'm going to tell you they messed me up and I'm going to tell you they were wrong to mess me up and I'm going to then win loads of matches and get over.
1: Hmm.
2: Mr Brody Lee did that. Um, John Moxley basically said, I've been humiliated to become this version of myself. Um, So they are careful. They're not treated as these goddamn saviour figures (laughs) who could come in and win a title and then click of the fingers. Here come the ratings and pay-per-view buys. That's what TNA did. AEW don't do that. And I think it would be a mistake to do that um, with Christian Cage. He can't win that title. We can take Kenny Omega to his absolute limit in a 20-minute TV match. Um, And you know what? Even if if it might be predictable, and if they do a great enough job, it won't be. Him losing within two months of his debut for the AEW world title is absolutely not the way to bury him at all. If people are worried about those optics, if Christian Cage fans out there are worried about it. Doing something amazing early in a wrestling promotion, even if it isn't quite winning something, will carry forward in the eyes of the fans for a long time. Um, And New Japan, Buka, Ghetto was phenomenal at this. Okada won the big one in his first challenge at a ridiculous age, right? That got him over almost forever. Obviously, his great work forever helped that as well. (laughs) AJ Styles won the title on his return to New Japan in his first challenge within like a month. Like That got him over for his entire duration. Kenny Omega himself won the 2016 G1 Climax Tournament, didn't win the match at Wrestle Kingdom. He still got over because the title was so established as something that if you can go 20 minutes and just narrowly miss out on it, you're worth more than a champion in several other promotions. So it is a good vehicle to get him over, even in defeat. And um, before you move on to your next question, um, someone on Squared Circle, um, the 5% of people on there who aren't absolutely appalling human beings, um, (laughs) posted a clip of Christian Cage in 2018 talking about Anaconda match. I'm assuming it was the Dominion one um, because it's the greatest match of all time. Christian Cage, who by then was retired... But the, these people always have the itch, all of them, apart from it would a PSCM Punk. He said that he got so lost in the thought of working a match with Kenny Omega, he was so impressed with how great Kenny Omega was that he literally couldn't watch it for five minutes because it was a bit like much for him. Then when he tried again to watch this Kenny Omega match, within five minutes, he said he couldn't pay any attention to the match or get lost in the story because he deemed Kenny Omega so great that he spent the next 10 to 15 minutes of his life lost in a train of thought. He was fantasy booking a match with Omega in his own head about spots he could do with them because he wanted it so much and he thought it could be so good. And this is well before it even, mm. before AEW was a thing, before like at least a year before it promoted its first show, He said that he couldn't watch the match. He was so into the idea of him working Kenny Omega. That's how good he thought Kenny Omega was, and that's how good he thought the match could be. So if it's halfway as good as this match that Christian has in his head and Kenny Omega in this scenario hasn't even went through spots or went through the story with Christian Cage in his head, they could create such magic in a narrow spirited defeat that Christian Cage instantly gets over as a scalp in the upper mid card for a heel to get over at the expense of for the next two or three years. Mm. So we've got Omega, obviously.
1: Uh, I love the idea of MJF and Ricky Starks as well as as potential future opponents. Who else would you like to see him matched up against?
2: Oh, right. So Omega, Ricky Starks, MJF. They for me are the three heels who can. Benefit the most. Like Omega doesn't need a Christian Cage match to get over, but what an incredible feather in his cap it would be when he's done the best matches of all time, singles, the best tag matches of all time. He's already a phenomenal singles wrestler. He's already incredible at mapping out like long-term storylines that can sometimes map decades. If he can get like a near five star five star match out of someone who has got the reputation of being. One of the very best hands, but a hand nonetheless. That would be great for him, his his legacy, his title run. MJF, just the way that he wrestles and is so great at connecting the spaces between moves and just trying to win at every opportunity. (laughs) I just think he's such a great heel parallel to MJF, who does the exact same thing. Just the amount of backslides and roll-ups and dramatic swings and momentum um, in that match from a purist point of view in terms of the craft of pro wrestling, that could be great. Ricky Starks for virtually the exact same reasons. Um, Beyond that, right, if the idea is you want to see Christian Cage get over this next generation of talent, I'm looking at the heel side and I'm thinking it's kind of like thin on the ground now with so many recent babyface turns. I'm thinking Christian could very easily turn heel. He's great at it. Mm -hmm. He's fantastic at it. He sometimes wears an incredibly smug expression, right, when he's playing babyface. All roads often lead to Ray Phoenix. (laughs)
1: Like,
2: that would be great. As explosive and exhilarating as these Ray Phoenix matches are, and as much as I don't think I'll ever at this point get bored of them, the idea of him working a more grounded match and him having to gradually fight for every high spot after it's been built and built and built could theoretically make those high spots soar more than ever. Um, Christian versus Orange Cassidy could be low-key great as well. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Christian is a heel. Remember his tantrums? Yep. Christian is amazing at throwing tantrums. He's amazing at selling how much he hates... Getting the better of in a match. Like he's a little toss pot. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. <laughs> him getting out thought by Orange Cassidy and having an absolute conniption fit would be tremendous value. We're talking like a year and a half at least yeah, down yeah, the line yeah. Yeah. because there's a lot of mileage to extract from him in the babyface role. I'm just going here for the matches that I think would be the absolute best. Um, I feel like beating Christian could be the perfect
1: first step on that. It's a long road, but that long road to getting Jungle Boy into the world title pitch, perhaps.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He'd be great at that as well. Um, when he's playing a baby face, which again is the expected rule. Kazarian doesn't feel like he's going to be a baby face much longer. That could be a really nice match. Oh, in yeah. fact, we've had one, he's had a great one in TNA um several years ago at this point. While he's still playing a baby face as well. The idea is that. He had a major head injury or sequence of head injuries um that made 80, uh, WWE feel like we're going to have to ice him. He's obviously passed all his concussion tests, and that's why he got um, cleared for WWE and now um AEW. And according to Christian himself on Renee Young's podcast, um the doctor said your head is in a better position or at least equal to any point in your career. So like don't hold back. You can do it all at this point. (laughs) That being said, our knowledge of his head injury can still be mined and exploited for drama because we're all ghouls. Can you imagine Lance Archer claw around his head, those fingers piercing into it, smacking his head against the canvas. Christian versus Lance Archer would be fantastic. And um, that's another great match I'd really like to see. And finally, I'm going through the roster page here. Darby because, Allen, Yeah, Darby Allen would be great as well. Like Darby Allen would be great because he's another expert storyteller, as is Christian. Um, Darby Allen's really, he doesn't get enough credit for this. And in fact, you know what I think he does? is an in-ring strategist who can actually like technically go on the ground and... Out victories, he's great, and mm. he's again. If Christian could be the heel version in the ring of MJF, Darby Allen can be the babyface version of the heel Christian. Mm. Um, way, way, way down the line, and um, Christian versus Hangman Page could be excellent as well. Like he, he's so good, Christian, at building and building and building his matches. Like almost in plain sight, you find I always found myself within three, four, five minutes thinking, "All right, this is good." In much the same way not on the same league, if I'm being perfectly honest, but in much the same way as Tanahashi and Okada could do the slow build of those matches. Mm. I always found myself just getting drawn and drawn and drawn into the Christian matches. Um, So I think he can virtually work anyone, particularly those who are incredibly explosive. So the idea when he finally starts to bump all over the place, and Christian's great at that as well. So good, that bump when he used to crotch himself, Stomach first on the top rope and then sort of thingy in agony. Like Hangman Page would be a great, great opponent for him as well.
1: It's uh, sort all of related to that uh, in terms of not just in ring, but just like you say, he's got, he's got such a great wrestling brain. Uh, who do you think is going to benefit most from him arriving in AEW? My mind when I asked this question, no matter if it was Christian Cage or Johnny Laurinaitis, I'd immediately go, Jungle Boy, because Jungle Boy, I feel like, just soaks in knowledge from everyone. But, yeah, who do you think is going to really benefit from from having him not just to work with, but to talk to backstage?
2: Um, I don't know, because this feels more like a question that a wrestler could answer more so than me. Um, By all accounts, given virtually every single wrestling mind who's ever, ever Talked about Christian, and there's been a lot of that chatter recently, which I think is why a lot of people were hinted towards the direction. Um, apparently, virtually everyone, and he should be <laughs> teaching psychology classes. Um, he's got the sharpest mind in the business. Christian is going to be a great resource if, in fact, all of these things are true. And I can tell from as much as that the kind of must be. Um, he could prove valuable as sort of fast track, crash course teacher mm. kind of guy, because in this current um, era, even when I suspect AEW will start running on the road again, I still think there'll probably be a reluctance, unless, like, vetted for their guys to just run amok on the indie scene that will rise, and already virtually is in a lot of places in America, um without testing and all the rest of it. So what I'm getting at is that if there's going to be a time when AEW starts doing... um far more work with someone like Beyond Wrestling if and when they come back. Christian represents being able to teach people at a faster rate than is currently possible. And given his wealth of experience in the tag team ranks, I'm thinking immediately to answer your question in a really long-winded way. Sorry, I'm tired and it's Friday. Private Party and Top Flight. Yes. Top Flight haven't really... uh, uh, they're so young and they've got even less experience in private party to the point where I haven't seen anywhere near enough of them to think that, Oh, well, they're stagnating. I'll see them do their spots. But at the same time, there's a risk that because they don't get the reps and they don't get all these little nuances they can get to develop their games, um, There's a risk that they could stagnate, much like, in my opinion, and I think a few others, like Private Party have as well. Mm -hmm. I understand the heel turn was much needed because they've done all they can as these baby faces who weren't quite ready for the title. But as much as I've been impressed by Asai Cassidy in singles matches, and Quen was really good on the go-home as well, I still think that from where I saw them at in 2019 and how much they blew my mind, I expected them to be way ahead in their development. Mm they're not quite there yet. Um, but given Christian is such a great mind and he used to specialise in tag team wrestling, my immediate thoughts are get Private Party, Top Flight, in a room, and Silver and Reynolds as well. Because as much as they are great, yeah. still the most I get out of their matches is still that big, amazing spot that they do. If they can get Christian to help them with the, the narrative tissue... That connects everything and the little small movements and the small beats that he can apparently do. I think that's where he's going to be best served because there is a, there's a feeling in certain dynamite tag team matches. You know, I'm obviously a major um, fan of that division. There are certain 10 man multi mans that a lot of these teams get thrown into where I'm thinking, I like these, but they're kind of spot fests. Yeah. And maybe I am growing a little bit weary of these eight mans, a lot of which they've presented over the course of the past five or six months. And I've kind of forgotten they've even happened. Um, I think that's where Christian can come in.
1: Finally, you, you, you talk about Christian, you talk about tag team wrestling, uh, obviously the two go together very well. And, and AW almost inarguably has the best tag team division in the world. That's objective fact. It's objective fact. But, um, yeah, do you? We don't know how long is a multi-year deal. I think is as much as we know regarding this this commitment to AW. And we've gone through, like you say, his initial arrival, potential heel turns, etc. So we're just speculating here. But do you think he could ever return to tag team wrestling?
2: Um, he was asked this, I himself by Rene Paquette, and I think he expressed interest in it as well. Um, yes, absolutely. Particularly like two years down the line it's a really great tool that they use because they actually care about the tag team division and promoting it. That never feels like a diversion for a wrestler to take. Mm. It's always welded on or dovetailing Mm. into something of greater importance, i.e. Chris Jericho's tag team run, where because they care as much about tag team wrestling as they do singles, it never feels like a demotion. It always frees up that singles title picture. Um, so, yes, I can see one or two years down the line, Christian entering tag team competition. And to be honest, if you want me to select the partner, you're talking to the wrong guy because I'm going to earn my check here. Tony Khan is essentially a genius at pairing people together, at creating factions, at realizing which wrestlers complement which other wrestlers. Like Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman was inspired. Page and Maker was inspired. Um, that He's done so many great great moves in terms of putting tag teams together you would never have thought yourself to put together like Kingston and Moxley yeah now, I joked on Twitter that I've gone from feeling like oh god they're just they've got good taste and I like them but they're still just cosplaying doing their favorite wrestling thing as everybody else at the end of Revolution to thinking oh no they're two of the best and most authentic human beings I've ever met they are great together and I want to see them not just win the titles, but retire them in their honour. Like, And I haven't even worked the tag team match in AEW together yet. Like, that's how much I was so... I like, just overwhelmingly awed by how great they were together. Who would you put with Christian? I know Tony Khan could put someone great with him. Um, I don't know who it is yet. Yeah, I, I,
1: I, I, I've asked that question and I genuinely aside from the banter side of my brain that says, put him with Brian Cage, have him split, and then have him in a cage. <laughs> um, a,
2: a cage match. Yeah. except like Actually, it was, I was going to say a cage match, except the one you don't want to see because it doesn't involve a cage, but it would still be better than WWE's awful steel cage matches. So yes, it would be the second best cage match they can do in bro wrestling that. I'll tell you what we can do. Let's put it to the audience. Let us know.
1: Who you think would pair best with Christian? And we'll uh, we'll respond to some of those on Twitter because, honestly, off the top, I mean, like you say, the, the, with the wrestling mind he has, you could almost put him with with anyone, in my opinion. But um, yeah, that's why TK has and earns the big books so we'll wait and see down the line but uh an exciting time ahead for christian cage in aew let us know your thoughts on fantasy booking him on twitter at what culture wwe um, watch well, they can follow both of us you can follow michael sidgwick at m um, sidgwick you can follow me at adam Wilborn. follow us all at what culture wwe uh, make sure you subscribe to What Coach Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, including, of course, our previews and reviews of the Wednesday Night War every single week. But this has been Get the Table. My thanks to Michael Sidwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon.
2: Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of a Strangers, starring Paul Muscal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu Original Limited series,
0: We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu.
2: So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.
0: Selling a little? Or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching.